You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I think this was a um, bad omen. I, just just before we started, my chair made a funny noise, and then we looked underneath it, and uh, it had pooped. There's machine oil pooped on the floor. <laughs> so maybe it's time for a new chair. Maybe. Well, yeah, we also had to perform. Um, surgery on it this week by uh, adding duct tape to the black. arms. Black duct tape classy. to the arms because there was holes in the Black, arms. classy duct tape. Shit, I think it... Um, how long have we had it? Three years? Since we moved here, yeah. Yeah, so it's had its... I think it might have seen its date. Start shopping. Yeah. Get, anyway, get out your PayPal card. Anyway, less of our um, <laughs> office chair. I uh, say sit in that chair till it falls apart. I usually Completely. do. I don't buy an office chair very often. Mm-mm. And when I do get one... The other one is usually Correction, complete. I don't buy you an office chair for a birthday very often. Yeah, that's, when that's usually when I get one. And the, the other one I had lasted me a long time until eventually it mm-hmm. it shot its load on the floor, didn't it? And it just went... Shot its load on the floor, that sounds gross. Anyway, office chairs shooting a load on the floor, that's not what we're here for. It's Sunday, March the 15th. Um, it's actually not Sunday, March the 15th because we're a bit late today. It's Monday, March the 16th. What time is it? Oh, barely. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's like barely after midnight on Monday, twelve twenty four a.m. Right on um, Monday, and it's after the show number sixty one. The movie we're going to be looking at this week is Happy Go Lucky. It's a DVD release from our friends at Disney. It's a two thousand and eight movie. It was nominated for an Oscar. What about Bolt? And it's it will be released, or it has been released on DVD Tuesday, March the tenth. So it, it came out last week. This one. But what um, about I th- Bolt? I think a lot of the, I think a lot of these movies are, you know, these Oscar really Oscar nominated movies are st- tr- starting to trickle out. We'll probably have finished with them all by what next week. Mm, well, about all, but doubt a is, lot. Doubt is a coming lot, yeah. soon. Yeah, they're all coming. Um, and we also saw Bolt, but I think we'll mention that at the end. Yeah, totally. And that's we can't a, forget we're going to do a full written review. Well, we actually saw two movies this week. We're not really going to go into detail on Bolt in this podcast. But we'll have a full written review on, I think I said Tuesday. Uh, and then we'll have this review written also on mm-hmm. Thursday. And then we will talk about Happy Go Lucky mainly. So, um, this is from our friends at Miramax and Disney, as are both movies actually. The other one's a Disney movie. And you're going to tell us what Happy Go Lucky is all about. Happy Go Lucky is a movie featuring a slice of life. Um, in a woman of of a woman's life, a slice of a woman's life, who is, as the title describes, those people that you see who seem to just laugh everything off and have a funny thing to say about everything and never seem to be maudlin or dark or thoughtful or deep or anything. She's that person who kind of laughs stuff off. And as we go through the story, we see behind that sort of her... Facade? I don't even think it's a facade. We'll get into that, but I'm just saying it's to me it's that kind of breaking that face off of those people who I particularly find extremely irritating and putting a little bit of substance to who they might be. And I'm not saying they're like this, like this woman. She is well rounded, but her her persona that she like puts out to the world, like he says in that one interview, the one guy, we all do is uh, one of those sort of chirpy, ha-ha-ha, happy-go-lucky. That's what you call them. Optimistic, um, 
Yeah, optimistic, I yeah. would say. Very optimistic. Um, everything's up. Op- in fact, that the scene at the beginning where she's in the bookshop and there's a mm-hmm. there's a book that's kind of a downer and she says, we don't want any of that. No, it says Road to Reality and she goes, yeah, we she, don't want to go there. Yeah, so exactly. That sums her up, that whole... And then her bike gets stolen she says, oh, I didn't even get to say goodbye. Yeah. So it was like... <laughs> and and it, it, to her, it isn't stolen. It moved on. It moved on without <laughs> ever saying goodbye. So anyway, so happy-go-lucky. It's... Um, by director Mike Lee, who you're not familiar with, but I am from being British. I've been kind of... His movies have cropped up throughout my life. Um, and he always... All of his movies are kind of like a slice of life, uh, I kind of put them as. They're not necessarily a story, like a full... St- they're just yeah. like... You're just kind of intercepting a little portion of somebody's... And a lot of them are like that. Um, kind of... This one and others highly improvised. Um, he really lets seems to be into the process, letting the actors um, do. And dare their I thing. sound obnoxious or creepy when I say they nurture their characters and this, the development of the characters. That's all it's about, and that's a big deal. It's a, it's not just like the end result of the film. I don't think with this guy and his when he makes a project which turns out to be a film, it's the whole pro the whole nurturing from the beginning moments when they sit down with the script to when they meet the actor, the whole thing. So I feel he has a unique um, viewpoint on things as well. You know, it's quite Brit... He's, he's got quite a Brit... You know, you can... Obviously, they set in Britain, all his movies, but... I feel, Describe some others to me. Um, you haven't them. seen them, um, mm. but one of my recommendations this week is my favourite Mike mm. Lee movie, but I don't even think you've seen that no. movie. And the reason... You have never seen it, and the reason I never owned it on DVD, and I absolutely love it, is it costs about $70. Oh. It's really expensive. Um, it's out of print, you know, you have to real dig to find it. Um, but he's a bit of a cultish director in England, always has been. People, you know, he's always he always comes up in the award seasons and stuff. Maybe, maybe not the Oscars, but this time he did. Um, but I think he has a unique viewpoint. It's a strange, it's, it's like a real skewed, like, it's... It's not straight and narrow. It's just he like looks at. See, even though this movie this is called Happy Go Lucky, and this woman is really optimistic, there's a lot of real dark observations about people in there, about how people live and. Do you want my take on what sort people of are the... to each other? See, see, for me, one of the scenes that was really it was uncomfortable to watch and and real awkward was the scene where they went to visit the pregnant mm-hmm. sister. Totally. And how she was kind of like, uh, her husband was kind of like submissive to her and, you know, and, and it was just an awkward, real, I felt like kind of environment myself, like in my life. And I thought that portrayed it perfectly. It was just completely... Should I be picking up a hint here of some kind? No, I'm talking about <laughs> it's, it's like, I know what you, you mean, almost yeah. shouldn't be in that room with them. It's just too, it's a bit... You know, it's not She's, the sister is extremely controlling, and one of the other sisters wants to play PlayStation with the husband of the the controlling sister. She's like, "No, no, put yeah. that down." And he's like a grown man, and he just kind of puts it down and sits back down. And the other sisters are like, "What the? Fuck? Yeah. Oh my god!" And then, and then, then she's like, "We're all to going her. to bed now." Yeah, we're like done. She, she's <laughs> yeah, and the other sister points out just blatantly, you know. Just because you, I have so many insecurities about your stupid life, and then she's trying to preach to the other sisters about growing up and getting a mortgage and getting a pension and having a child, and it's a mixture of, 
you've got the three levels of, well, four levels of women there. You know, the woman who's married and pregnant and you think, oh, pretty picture. But then you see the crack as soon as she barks at him to stop and he kind of dips his head down. You're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. This isn't a pretty picture. This is a fake, just like everything in the movie, trying to put on the it's first It's very real life, that's yeah, what I'm totally. saying. Um, and, you know, this is the story of the the one girl, Poppy, but not just her story, because she meets a lot of people along the way, you know, and and she is really optimistic, and but situations in her life are not always like... Yeah, what I feel like it is, as I was going through it pretty quickly, in fact, I felt like... This is a writer, director, person of the world trying to show how the world and the people around you truly try and often succeed to, like, beat you down. Exactly. Beat the optimism out of you. Beat the, um, you know, like, your point of view out of you. Even if you're not optimistic, it isn't even that necessarily. But if you have your own unique you think unique view of the world and you live your own way and you're a little bit different than the status quo, that big juggernaut, which is the word funny in the, in the movie because she gets, she makes a joke out of it, of humanity tries to beat it out of you every fucking day. And that's what the driving and that's what I got. says. Totally. Like, he, but in, in reality, that. he's that. He's, he's part of the... Yeah, he's, he's part of the machine that tries to whip out any semblance of difference in her and her positivity. But one of the things I like about the movie is that people in her life apart from the pregnant sister don't, they like her how she is. Yeah, her roommate. They don't want her to be like her roommate actually celebrates how she is because she it makes her happier and it feeds her, doesn't it? You know, And they know each other so well. And there's one point when all of a sudden Poppy doesn't have her jangly bracelets on and the woman's like, where's your jewelry? She instantly knows that's not right, you know? Don't let somebody tell you not to wear your jewelry. You know, like, she could see that's part of you. Don't let that get taken away from you. But for me, um, the movie is, uh, I don't know how long it was. It it seems seems like it might be quite quite a long movie. You've got the DVD there. Box. Yeah, but... Have you ever tried looking at the running time <laughs> no. on a DVD? You'll be like DVD yeah, well, reviewer guy. 119 minutes, so it's two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I was going to say is, it covers a lot in that in the I, like. I'm not saying it felt long to me at all. Oh like, no, actually, it didn't because I was really I enjoy. I think the acting in it is like really top notch. Um, some people might not because it seems like at first when I was watching it, and I'm British, so I think I have the. You know, these kind of um, people sat in a pub talking, that kind of thing. I've seen that, obviously, straight up in real life. And that is just how it goes down. I I feel some people might think that's forced, but I don't think it is at all. Are you talking about the group of women in the beginning who are kind of drunk and stoned? At first, did it kind of feel to you like, um, you know, this might be overacting. But I don't think it actually was then when it got further into it and I understood what these people were. Oh, entirely. So if you watch it and it starts off and you think it might not be for you, I think you have to give it a little, like, give it 20 minutes because... It does. It did feel like that to me, and then I was then I was thinking because you need that moment to round everything off. I think. Yeah, you that do. silly, goofy. In fact, that's because that's how it starts. You're introduced to these pe- people that way. They're out. They go out in a nightclub and they they're drunk and they sat at home, kind of like you would just yeah having a laugh and talking with each other, being silly. And you know, a lot of it is long dialogue sequences that I think I don't know hundred percent. I'm 
off the cuff some of it you know like like Mike Lee might have said you know we want to cover this but you do it how you like and we'll see what we get like and it does feel like that a lot of the time and the acting's top notch is that's what I'm getting at but the acting in the driving lesson parts which is she goes for driving lessons we just need to explain that um, with the driving instructor and these are quite beefy parts, like 20-minute pieces of the movie, I think. Like, they, they seem big, like... And I think they're really dramatic. Like, it, it... it, What I really liked about it was how it... This character of the driving instructor is slowly kind of unwound. You, you, um, you, you know, face value, you see him. And then slowly, by what he says... And, and not quick, it's really slow... You suddenly, well, you don't suddenly, you start to realise this guy isn't exactly what you think. Yeah, he's not he's just an, a little uptight. He's not the guy, he's not just the, you know, he's not happy-go-lucky, let's say that. Yeah, he's the opposite. Like opposite. they said, he's the antithesis of her, and that's the meat of the movie. And those, are the, those were my favourite scenes, actually. The scenes between those two, the uh, driving instructor and her, because they were actually kind of harrowing. Yes. From both sides, like, because... Even when she was in the car with him, originally when they first met, and she's she cracks jokes all the time. We have to all the time. She's relentless. Like she said that she finds it very funny to herself, so she just does it. Now there are certain people who can't take that. This guy is one of them, and it festers. Like I can his, actually not take it either. I have a guy at work who thinks yeah. it's hysterical to constantly press the doorbell every time he comes back. We have lockdown place where I work. And we have this really loud <laughs> doorbell thing. What that was that <laughs> And it grinds a little. It's kind of half broken. And it's really loud. And we're in a small contained room with no windows, all cement. And it jolts us all. And he thinks it's hilarious. And I'm telling you what. It drives me. And it's not just that. It's everything. He'll come up behind you. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Or he'll throw boxes on the floor that are full of paper and everybody jumps because you're like fuck and if I've learned not to react so I'm I can see both sides of that entirely now we have to get that she's not like a practical oh, joker no, 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 no. but she is like a she wants you to lighten up she yeah, wants you well, to just but, lighten up but she also wants she also thinks she's hilarious what she says whereas like a lot of the time it's yeah, whatever you know it might kind of annoying she wants like, to take the edge off I think sometimes yeah exactly like uh, try and make People make, how she wants them to be. Well, I think she wants to make them feel better. But like, it, I see you feeling, like, really down right now, so let's just... I actually funny. really love that line that she says to the uh, driving instructor where she said, it must be difficult living in... Yeah. What she say? It must be difficult being you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, I was thinking, like, yeah. And, and on the other side of the coin, imagine being completely super... Happy go look it all the time. Wouldn't that be difficult also? Even though that's what this movie does for me. It tells you there aren't people who are one hundred percent it is a it is a not a front like fake, but it is their way of coping with day to day life and day to day situations and they everyone has moments of introspection. introspection. She sits at some point on a stairway, kind of in a park or something, and is just thinking but And and I'm thinking she's thinking to herself you know, oh, maybe I am tired of putting on the, you know, trying to be the positive force, like, but then realizing, no, this is who I am. Yeah, and at this point, um, she's seen some bad yeah. sides of the world, such as 
there's a child in school. Yeah, and that's what, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But the thing is, she's not denying negative things in the world. That's no, why I say she she's knows well they balanced. happen, but she, in fact, yeah, that is uh, one of the things that Mike Lee said that you might, for the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, you might think that this is a unbalanced person. But she's actually the most balanced person in the entire movie because she's figured out in her own mind how to keep it. Yeah, what things are serious and yeah. have a gravity that require a certain. Because she has to deal with some. I, mean, I don't think it's spoiling things. She, she is a school teacher um, for smaller kids, and there's a kid bullying another kid, and she has to deal with that. That's a serious issue in itself, but it's actually there's another layer on top of that which I won't yeah. spoil. Which is even more serious than bullying, and she deals with it really. That scene with the social worker and her and the kid—that's another scene where I was like, "Wow, this is like mind-blowing acting." It's like <laughs> I've been in a situation like that as the kid, and it's exactly how adults are. I'm thinking of it, you know, it's exactly how they are. That whole scene, like, kind of got to me because I've been in that scenario with a teacher, a um, social, worker. social worker, and you know, other people are there and it is that they kind of pass it off on each other because you might think, you know, those kind of people know what they're doing, but they're not. They're just playing a balancing act, aren't they, to try and, you know, get to the root of the problem. Right, and not do more damage than yeah. has been done already. But it is, that's a good, that scene got me because, you know, it's a very personal scene. And for me, what gets me is the guy, the, te- the school, the driving school teacher inspector, what's he called? Driving instructor, his and me perceiving this whole thing as like there are people in the world who just want to drum out of you the thing, the thing that makes you who you are because they don't have their own thing, and that reflects on a work situation I had a couple years ago where no matter how happy I was or how much I tried to be helpful or be really relaxed about things, if they went wrong and say like to this one guy, you know, oh. He'd make a mistake or cut. We print a lot of stuff, and something would get cut or torn. I'd say, "Oh, it's no big deal. We'll write it up, and we'll deal. With, they'll deal with it tomorrow, and we'll, it'll be fine." And he would just look at me like he wanted to stab me in the eyeball, like because I was. He was all pissed off and like brooding and like slamming stuff around. And I guess I'm gonna get fired for this. And it's you know, but it's a bunch of bullshit anyway. And I'd be like, "Oh no, it's no big deal. Really, it's no big deal. It's just like." It's just paper. I mean, the world's not going to stop. We're not, you know, doing brain surgery here. And he would seriously have told people that I, you know, that means I'm I'm brainless. I'm an idiot because I don't take anything seriously. So I understood those moments when she's trying to, like, lighten the mood. And here this guy is trying to bark out of her. I like it when he kind of backs at her at one point and then tells her to get... Like, she's driving the car. (laughs) And then the other bit of a backing back and forth. And then he gets out of the car and tells her to get in the other seat. And then she gets in the other seat. And she says... And he, and he gets in that seat. And then he, then they switch again. And she goes, what? Are we through with that part now? Uh, yeah, like, right? <laughs> like, like, like he's throwing a fit. Yeah, he, like did, he's he was kid. like a little kid. In fact, yeah. that's what he does several times. But it's um, it's a bit more macabre than that, I think. I feel. It is. When yeah. you, if you don't just watch it for the surface and you start thinking of it behind what you how you know people... It is dark because people, you know, there are fucked up ideas in the world. And he's got so he, he possesses a few of them. So I, I think this movie is good in variety, in a lot of ways. I, I, I think people are probably going to gloss over, the, uh, skip over this one. I don't feel that it'll, I mean, obviously it got nominated for some awards, but mainstream probably not going to 
ever see it. I, or... I would hope that they would just give it a chance. Yeah, I think it might. I think it could also be a difficult one for people just because of the style, like Mike Lee's style. You know, because it, it's some people might say, "Well, nothing happens," and some people would say, "Oh, it's very British." <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? And it is. And, it and, is. and um, Mike Lee uh, is not a spring chicken. He's an older guy. He's, he's he's not like. See, when I first saw Mike Lee movies, I used to have. I was younger. I, I didn't actually get a couple of these early ones. I probably would now, but I was younger. I used to think he was like, oh, this director's like a pretentious director. That's I said, I what this it. is about. It's a little borderline But when you actually get to, you know, this guy's not like a young guy or anything, and he's not trying to be cool, I don't think. Um, I just feel that he sees certain things. and But yeah, they could be a... There's a hint of pretentious, um, more when you're watching the extras and listening to how, and then as you when you watch the movie and if you're looking at it with that critical eye, of course everything's tuned up a bit, you know the extremes of things, but it isn't really because no. we really look. He uses at- very natural um, set. It uses like like houses that you can imagine people living in. And Not nothing's. In the, the driving scenes, they're really driving in traffic. When she's riding yeah. that bike in the beginning, I'm thinking to myself, how many production companies would allow an actress to just get on a bike and ride along the edge of the street swerving and bobbing and going across the street without being on one of those like dolly things no, she's was, just driving no, along and I'm like she could follow you know and I, it's weird to think that but it was real natural and Mike Lee's style of uh, cinematography is also pretty straight up it's, there's no flashy techniques no, no. it's just it's almost like watching like we watch EastEnders everything's kind it of it is totally yeah it's just here's a shot of these talking here's a shot of these talking Occasionally there's a crane shot, and that, that's when I'm like, wow, he used a crane there. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, that's kind of other ones that I've seen of his. He doesn't. He's, they're just very... He's interested in telling the story more than how it looks. Totally. But, um, yeah, in this one, the driving instructor scenes. Because a lot of this... There's three main driving instructor scenes, I feel. Like, three big ones. And they do drive around. like um, just dri- he's, The actor's driving in traffic. They Not load the car told. with cameras. No, no. They tell them what they need to, what the scene needs to be, and then they drive around London. And the production crew is in a different vehicle completely, or somewhere in a shack. And Mike Lee was laying in the back seat. Yeah, one exactly, of them, exactly. Which is really funny. So they're really reacting to having to drive and stop and turn at turns and stuff, and so that and makes it really improvise. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yes, it is scripted, but I think I feel those scenes were the most improvised because. I don't know. I feel that um, some of the stuff she comes out with would be difficult to uh, keep that up, like as an actress. Oh, it's relentless. You said relentless is a good word. She never drops out of it, apart from one time where she's on them stairs, where I was thinking to myself, oh, wow, she's uh, actually... Taking a breather. ...affected by something. Not... She's not... You know, when when they say, oh, you've everybody's got a veneer that we try and, like, um, palm people off with, uh, that this is how we are, but really underneath we're not like that. Her veneer is what she is, which is... That's what I was saying. She's, in that moment, I'm Just thinking, that one time she's where She's thinking, do I need to be different than I am? And I think she comes to the conclusion, no. I'm not going to let all these things and these people in this world knock this... I'm just going to be who I am. So I think that was a good moment, I thought. Yeah, so let's uh, move on to the cast of this movie. Um, there's quite a few people in it. But we only mentioned the main ones here. Um, and a lot of people, when I did go and research them, have never been in anything else, just mm-hmm. this. So he might be fan of using new new people. 
Um, so we've got Sally Hawkins as Poppy. Now she was nominated for the um, Oscar for the no no the main actress. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? <laughs> Best actress. Yeah. Um, I feel it was really good performance. I can't even because you know you watch a movie for two hours, but those people keep up that character for six to eight months. Like that oh, is. I don't, a, I don't think it took them that long. To oh well, it. however long it takes from when you start rehearsals to actually yeah. filming. I think it's you know you got to live in that character to to get it as good as that. I feel. Um, some people do, some people don't. You know, I think you can drop different. in, drop out. But um, yeah, yeah. I feel um, she really got into that role because I, when I see her as on an interview as just her, she's quite different. Oh yes, you know, she's like, an actress. I know, but that, <laughs> what I'm saying is she's a, that's a skilled actress to do oh, that. I agree. Part. And pulling out in her mind people she's encountered, similar people, and trying to take. And that guy made a good point. You know, when I'm being this guy who's, you know, got these dark views and, you know, the negative, the negative guy, it's not necessarily that I'm showing you what other people act like. I'm showing you my perception of them. Yes. So I'm not accurately... Yeah, so she's showing what she thinks of people who are this way. And it does border... It does, to me, because I'm not that type, I was like, oh, give it a rest. Every... Even though I was well, she annoying to her. To you? Yes. All the time? No, not all the time. As I got to know her and stuff. At first, I'd say for the first ten minutes, I was thinking, um, holy crap, how could anybody deal with somebody like that all the time? Like, But then when I, you do start to understand, and it becomes less irritating. Is that what it is? I'm not sure, because it comes back, it. fades in and out. Like, if it feels inappropriate... Like when she's getting her back readjusted and she's like, oh, yeah, that's where it hurts. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, what are you, a clown? Because yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, every... Because she never go. lets down. Even when she, a doctor's examining her, she's still giggly and mm-hmm. silly. Like, um, So, yeah, we've got Sally Hawkins' puppy. I think she did really good. Um, this is her friend, Alex. The actress is called Alexis Zergerman, who played Zoe, a friend, a flatmate. I thought... I knew her. Mm-hmm, totally. I thought I'd seen her a hundred times, but apparently I haven't, according to IMDb. So, uh, but I thought she did a really good job. I thought scenes really between them perfect. two were like just watching two friends talking. Yeah, entirely. Because she's sort of the yin to Yeah, she's not. Yang. She has got a sarcastic uh, down Yeah, side. she looks out the corner of her eye a little bit more yeah. than Poppy does. Kind of like protect in a protective way. In fact, when the boyfriend, when she Poppy gets a boyfriend at one point, and the boyfriend comes over, she's like that, real. <laughs> it's almost like the parents judging. Them. Oh, totally. When yeah. she says, "Where's your jewelry?" Yeah, like is he told you not to wear your jewelry? Because I'm telling you right now, you do what you know. Kind of yeah. like, but she plays. It's perfect. I thought. And then the third person I wanted to mention was Eddie Marzen, who plays Scott, the driving instructor. I, I actually think that was the best performance in the movie for me. Yeah, and it borderlines almost on genius at times. And I'm I'm no I'm totally I would totally I would totally you know when I say like I think it's a really good performance when I actually completely buy that that is that person. Exactly. I don't I don't see the Eddie Marzen guy. I just see this driving instructor guy. The whole thing clothes oh, entirely. everything like. In the moments when he goes into his like tirades about it's, it's his, like, like, dark conspiracies th- There's just that one moment for me. The first moment, and it's just a throwaway thing. He's driving in the car with Poppy, and he says something racist straight out. Like, it's some, oh, there's two uh, black guys mm-hmm. on 
bicycles driving, and he's telling her to like lock your door, lock your door, check your mirrors, check your mirrors, and then all of a sudden he tell he tells her to lock her door and and lock the door. There's two of them. Lock your door. Them, and she's yeah. like, he didn't just say that. Yeah, and, and that's just like, the hint at like what he is. And then he just goes on with yeah, he, normal he, driving. Yeah, it didn't so. happen. Like. So it's, I guess the same thing's true for both of them. He is what he is. And oh, she is what she is. And then neither of them are compromising in any way. Yeah. Just, and it's a strange relationship between them. I wouldn't even call it a relationship. It's a... <laughs> it's odd yeah. <laughs> and and those moments in the car there's one you know I don't want to spoil anything but that one moment yeah it's horrible like it's it's wrenching like it, you you I didn't know didn't know that was going to happen and let's just clarify here you as a human being and your personality trait non-confrontational so anything that even looks like a confrontation or any kind of burst of emotion whatsoever makes you uneasy or react in a certain way I'm the opposite I don't mind rea- I've you know it doesn't I thought that me, was an uncomfortable but we scene. both had the same reaction so it's a you know I had the same like oh I mean I felt my neck cracking back like and oh. they both just that guy I think that guy uh, Eddie Mazin is like I know everybody, you know, obviously um, the girl who played Poppy got all the nods, but I think he did a marvellous job. I don't you know, I think is true, is when we've mentioned before how you might be watching Brad Pitt and people say, all I can think is it's Brad Pitt. Yeah. There's something just to be said for watching people you don't know. I think it's better. But that you're not, I mean, we're familiar with him because he was in um, Hancock, he was the bad guy and stuff like but that. But we only knew that after the fact. Yeah, but you knew you'd seen him, but yeah. not totally. So when he becomes that guy... In your mind, you are convinced. I actually think if the if the actors are good quality and they're unknowns, I actually think it makes a better movie because you've got no preconceived yeah. ideas at all of you, nothing. Everyone was unknown at one time. <laughs> I mean, when you watch a movie, say Mike Lee makes a movie and everybody in it is just not even a professional, you know, well, they are actors, but you've never seen them. You've definitely never seen them on the screen. It... There's no, there's nothing apart from, unless unless they're not good. <laughs> like Son of Rambo, for example. Nobody in that movie. Yeah, I don't had think I knew any, anybody in that. Yeah, and that makes it. And like it worked fine. You're watching a something. real situation almost in a like, but we're movie people, so we can kind of separate. We can. But to jump me, in there. to me, it also doesn't spoil it if Brad Pitt is. Oh no! If Brad Pitt was the driving instructor, it would be. It would have been a different movie, but it also wouldn't have. I couldn't think of anybody better than this guy. But. No, he's perfect. So, yeah, those are the main people. There are other people in this movie, obviously. Obviously. The but other sisters are really good. Um, Flamenco teacher I really oh, liked. Oh, my God, yes. She was wonderful. See, that was an interesting scene, too. <laughs> like, everybody's having a bit of a flip out at some point. Like. Because that's life. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? Life is hard sometimes, and in this movie you see little glimpses of people falling apart and piecing things together. and. Um, yeah, everybody's kind of on the same track. That's what it is. Um Apart from Poppy, who's kind of the light of the... <laughs> so, and then this is directed by Mike Lee, as I've mentioned several times. He directed Vera Drake, which was up for Oscars. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one. It's like a... I don't think so. It was the lady who was selling, like, the weird abortion no. things. No. Uh, you never saw that one? No. Life is Sweet. He also directed Secrets and Lies. You've not seen any of these? These, Those are the three that I have definitely mm-hmm. seen. Don't think so. But my favourite one, I'll mention when we get to the DVD. Oh, uh, oh let's just do the recommendations now. Because <laughs> my favourite one is Mike Lee's Naked. Now, it's a really odd film. It's almost... It's, 
it takes place in London, similar to this movie. It's a bit, it's a lot darker than this movie, but it follows this one man through. I think it's like several weeks. I I really don't want to spoil it. No, but no, it, no. But no. it is. Please don't. It's not. It's another one of these character pieces. You're just watching a person go about the life for a few weeks, but it's not a normal person. It's like Hell Cab. One of those kind of movies where yeah, you're almost. kind of watching... And it's not macabre or anything, but it's... It's just... Some things happen in the movie where you are, where you are like... Okay, now for next week I have to see this movie. You really... I would have had it if it didn't cost so much. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. always one of those ones that I wanted. And um, it's called Naked. It's called Naked. It's out on Criterion DVD. No wonder but it's pricey. it's um, out of print because it was one of the early Criterion DVDs. You can get it. It goes up for up to $100 on eBay. It isn't screening on Hulu, it isn't anywhere. Mm-hmm. I had a look this week to try and um, find it, but no. You're going to pay $100 if you want it. Can't. Unless you're from... somebody out there who wants to uh, sell me a copy cheap. <laughs> you got... can't like rent it on Blockbuster or Netflix or anything? You could go and rent it, but there again, it's a small British movie that possibly Blockbuster and that... Yeah, but stop. online, surely. Well, yeah, if you want to go and subscribe to that kind of thing, if you don't already. Well... Even one month subscription to rent that one movie be cheaper than buying the DVD. I guess you could go into Blockbuster <laughs> and get it, but yeah, you can probably get it somewhere. You couldn't get it in a Blockbuster store. Too they, obscure, right? Yeah, they're very. They do have a foreign language, uh, or a, it's not a foreign language <laughs> movie; it's an English movie. But I do English movies do go in that category sometimes, don't they? They're not called. They're just foreign films, I yeah. guess. Foreign. <laughs> So yeah, Naked is my first one. And the second one is a movie I've been watching while I'm on the treadmill this week on my little EPC. And it's a movie, an amazing movie actually, from the 1970s called Vanishing Point. Um, It's essentially a car chase movie because if it's 90 minutes long, 80 minutes of it are cars chasing other cars. (laughs) Um, It's very, it's one of the movies that define the 70s in terms of action movies it was right at the beginning of the 70s and a lot of movies emulated it um you know such as the italian job well i guess that was before it maybe i'm thinking of uh, bullet and the french connection it's in that vein but it's a little less glossy than that Mm. it's a really good film it's um it's it's odd i said to you if there were because, you know, there's very little dialogue in the movie. There is some, but there's very little. It's a good one to watch on the treadmill because it's mainly stuff to watch, not have to pay attention to. But I said to you today to make a movie like that with very little dialogue and just a car chase for 90 minutes. While that sounds cool, I don't think it would get made. I think studios would be like, hmm, you know, we need something more than that. Like and I disagree. See, I don't think it would get made. I think if you put together the right formula, you'd you'd hit on something. It also features a naked girl on a motorbike. Is it Steve McQueen? No. Or... Barry Pepper, I believe. Is that is that what he's called? I have no idea. <laughs> Steve McQueen's a bullet. Correct. Um, I think he is called Barry Pepper. The guy in the card that I saw in this... You had it paused on there, and I saw his face. Yeah, it kind of looks like Tom Jones. <laughs> Let me um, let me give you the when it was. It was 1971. The movie. They did a remake TV movie in 1977, but uh, it just came out on Blu-ray, so that's why it was kind of I'd noticed it and then wanted to watch it. But um, 
It is. He's, oh, he's called Barry Newman, the main guy. Barry Newman. Hmm. Um, there's absolutely nobody in it, really, you, you would know. It's, well, this is just a recommendation. After all, why are we talking about it extensively? Because it's absolutely <laughs> awesome. And if you haven't seen it... It's awesome! If you like car movies, and this has a Dodge Challenger, which is like the best-sounding car in the world. It's the, the engine noise of a Dodge Challenger is like... It's insane. It's like... <sighs> you know, real... And there's a lots of... Lots of that. <laughs> so, if you like car movies, Fast and the Furious, things like that, this is its grandfather, pretty much. So, you know, I can't recommend it enough. So there's my movies, Naked and Vanishing Point. And mine are... My first one has a very... It's unexpectedly... Um, I can't... I'm not going to give anything away about it, except that it is a truly adult movie. Don't watch it with the children. It's got the darkness of humanity versus the facade of what we think about how people live their lives. It's called The War Zone. It's British. It's British. And it gives, it's very naturalistic as well, but a little more artsy in the look of it. And it is starring uh, Winstone, is that his name? Ray Winstone. Ray Winstone. And it's chilling and unsettling and very telling as well about life and the way we live it and the way we perceive our people living their lives and how we put out there how people think of us and all that stuff. I don't know what year it was. It's uh, the year for the War Zones, 1999. And I don't want to say anything else about it. Oh, and let me just say this. It's directed by Tim Roth. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He was awesome. Tim Roth. Tim yeah. Roth, awesome. And my other recommendation is, because it's going along, we watched Bolt, and that was an excellent, I'm in love with it. I thought we'll it was fantastic. A Bug's Life is one of my first, most favorite. And let's also say, um, like last week or some week, we was... I opened it, I think it was Bolt actually, I opened the little booklet inside Bolt, and it said, coming to Blu-ray disc in about a month, A oh, Bug's Life, right? and that's my favourite exactly. Pixar movie. Actually, most people say, oh no, it's Nemo, it's Nemo. For me, it's A Bug's Life, because it was, I think it might have been the first one I saw, properly. probably. I mean, most people saw Toy Story first. I don't even think I saw Toy Story at first, I saw it later. I think I saw A Bug's Life first. And it was one of the first DVDs I actually bought, and I, it's... Got stuck in and played and played and played and played, you know? And I just really... I didn't know you then, but I can imagine. I believe that that's going to be a good Blu-ray disc. Especially if they add some new extras and maybe a new short movie. Anyway, um, that's Happy Go Lucky. I recommend it. It's, you know, when I said we might have a bad movie at some point, it hasn't happened oh, yet. Oh, no. God, I was thinking Bolt would be kind of neutral for me. Mm-mm. Not at all. I absolutely loved it. In fact... Loved it. <laughs> but Happy Go Lucky. Happy Go Lucky is fantastic. It's only, yeah. it's only available on DVD. There is no Blu-ray disc. doesn't really matter. Uh, we'll just... T- we, we didn't go into the extras. There are on- there are very few extras. Mm-hmm. There is... Um, just two little talking heads, there's things, a really. Behind the Wheel of Happy Go Lucky, which tells you about uh, how they did the driving instructor sequences. There's Happy in Character, which was quite long. It was about, probably about 30 minutes, right? And that's... But it felt like deja vu from the other one a bit. But it's, you know, talking heads. It's a little more intimate. Actually, it adds a bit it. of insight into the movie. Totally. And then there's also a full audio commentary by the director, Mike Lee. Um, so, not mega in terms of extras. It's another one of these... Um, I, I believe... Yeah. Uh, you know, this. No, don't let this take away from the movie. I believe the cover is horrible. Awful. Yes. It, um, it's, you know, it's an interesting scene in the movie, but it says nothing about the movie, really. Uh, that's not actually in the movie. Yeah, it is, where she's... Uh, no, it the... isn't. That's not the brother-in-law. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, so there's a scene like it in the movie, but not that. Nope. It's not that particular one. Um, 
the, the, the cover's terrible. Uh, it's one of those terrible uh, Miramax discs. And it has a how to use a Blu-ray disc inside again. This is the second time we've uh, encountered how to use the Blu-ray, how to use a Blu-ray disc in a DVD. Oh, it's not Blu-ray. No. <laughs> That's happened, uh, that was also on Blindness, which was another Miramax release. It also told you how to uh, operate your Blu-ray disc. It's great. Um, so yeah, the, while it's a bare bones uh, edition DVD, it's highly worth watching. If you're in England, you could probably walk in your Blockbuster or other large chain and get it. Here. I imagine there's a better version of it in England. I don't know about <laughs> no. I mean, like to be able to go get it without buying it. Here, you'll be able to get it because Miramax have put it out last last week, so it'll be in Blockbuster and places like that. Yeah, yeah, because it's a new release, it will get out there. But anyway, um, yeah, extra is pretty slim. Um, but DVD overall is good. Excellent. I would uh, recommend it. Um, now, this was an interesting week because we actually ended up watching two movies for review, but we decided to concentrate on Happy Go Lucky. But the other movie we watched was Bolt, which is uh, Disney's Bolt. Or Bolt, as Americans like to say. Or what? Bolt. Or Bolt, if you're English. Um, Bolt. <laughs> so, Bolt is the, the... We got the Blu-ray disc. Um, interestingly enough, one of Disney's... Uh, you get the Blu-ray, you get the DVD, and you get the digital copy all in one box. Three brilliant. Discs. I, uh, and they don't charge anymore. That is, that's brilliant. That's how it all should be. Props to Disney for that. There's a company who knows their customer. Exactly. <laughs> and it would make me. And lots of them are doing. Lots of the Disney ones are coming with that at the top. If you want, if you want to, if you notice it in the shop, it actually says it along the top, but it's in sm- it's in smallish writing, so you might not realize. But the cases are slightly thicker because you get three discs. Um, so this movie is like a Pixar movie, but by Walt Disney Animation Studios. Right. Um, I, it's okay. Let me say this about it: it starts off the very beginning with a little cute puppy in a pet store, like a slow zoom into this puppy, and people come in to buy puppies, and then the puppy gets but and I thought it was one thing, and then it wasn't. Which I absolutely give it. And then when the credits come, it's kind of dark compared to what you yep. think it was going to be. Soon, it, bought, it won me there. Like Oh, entirely. So I, I, I might say it had me at a hello. I think it's a, it's really an excellent, excellent story. It's well, all of it. I was totally, no, I was looking good. forward to being like, mm, okay, I had not, I have no idea. I had no idea what it was about or anything. I didn't even realize who the voices were, I'll be honest with oh, you. Oh, I did. It took me about 20 minutes to figure out. But there again, I'd seen this. Right. <laughs> but it's a new way of telling... No, I'm not going to say it's new. It's not like an original thing, but it does have a lot of originality to it. I And I, I don't say that very often. I can say I enjoyed it start to finish. I was never bored by it. I thought it had some really funny jokes aimed at adults, like they always do, as well as silly kid kiddie jokes. Um, the premise of it, which I don't really want to spoil, mm-hmm. um, is... Kind of bordering on a genius kind of concept. I was going to say genius, but I thought, oh, that's a little strong. Well, that it is, is really good. Because cause the concept's, like, multi-layered. It's yes. not just a straight-up, like, here's a dog, and uh, here's some people caring for the dog, uh, you know, and, and there's an adventure for the dog. There's more to it than that. It's satirical of Hollywood industry, and there's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. That's what I got. And the cat character is brilliant i thought the voice and the yeah, yeah, character the and she's just i like the hamster yeah he's awesome yeah you're awesome um I, i'm beyond um, awesome i'm pure awesome I, I, and i said to you at the end um you know 
everybody, you know, drools over Pixar movies. I feel that this was right up there with yeah, the Pixar. Yeah, it looks brilliant. I mean, I really love Wall-E last year, and this was up, up against Wall-E for um, and I said, an Oscar. It was I, another Oscar nominee. Not having seen it, and I just, tr- to be honest, I had kind of thrown that away in my mind thinking, of course they put it up against, because there's only a few there's animations. There's not many of them, yeah. It, in my mind, watching them side by side, gives Wall-E, in fact... The different type. I think it. I enjoyed this one more. Yeah, this... I mean, enjoyed and was excited, and the action sequences were so cool, and I didn't feel like I was on a track to know what was going to happen necessarily. Whereas in WALL-E, you pretty much get it. You know what I mean? You kind of figure it out right away, the lesson, the morality of it, blah, blah, blah. This one, it's I wasn't 100% clear where it was going, and that's amazing. No, I didn't know how it was going to end up. Yeah, to totally. Honest. I mean, yeah, we, we try our best not to... Sp- and yes, we're adults, and it's an animated movie, and we yeah, love totally. it. Yeah, totally. And in fact, when it arrived, um, you know, I generally pass these type of movies off to another review we have who actually has kids. Um, but this one, I for some reason, it kind of like, I was like, oh, I don't know about it. This one might be good. I, I don't know. Something inside me said. And he doesn't have a Blu-ray player. No, but this does <laughs> contain the DVD, so I could have yeah, passed it on to true. him. But, um, I actually think it's... In, and you know the other thing. Yes, it's a kid's movie. Um, if you're a home theatre enthusiast, it is like the best disc to show off your home theatre. The first ten minutes of the movie are like showcase material. It's and there's like, some close-ups of it when he brings his nose real close yeah, up to Yeah, it's like it. super detail. brilliant. Like, like detail down to the like little... Um, like you know, when the texture of his the nose, texture. the little hairs on the hamster that you can see in the silhouette sometimes that are little tiny. I mean, it's really it's crazy really good looks- looking, and it, it's one of them ones that uses the full sc- no letterboxing, um, unlike Wall E, which was letterboxed. But it, I think it just looks in, it's you know it's. And let's be honest, James Lipton. How much better can you get than a voice? Yeah, by James yeah. Lipton? Well, it, um, <laughs> the dog's voiced by John Travolta. The uh, kid is voiced by Miley Cyrus, and. James Lipton is somebody as well. Right. Don't want to say who he is. Um, and there's other people. Oh no, that's it mainly, really, isn't it? Um, the cat lady. I think she's on. Curb your enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm as the sister-in-law. Yes. Yeah. And she's really good in that. She is too. really funny. You like. Um, it. Then you're like, that's who she is. Yeah. All the way through, <laughs> I kept thinking, who is this cat's voice? Who is this cat's voice? But yeah, shit. Um, I. It's another one I can highly recommend. And, Seriously. And, and you know, I'm. Kids' movies. Are we curling too far up Hollywood's butt these days? Because we can't well, seem to find a bad. I don't know because, like, I'm sure there are bad ones, but um, we're selective. Maybe that's a that's good one. A, <laughs> let's pick some movies that we know will be bad, so we can re- we don't ream on anything really bad except like 10,000 BC, and that's been the most recent. One <laughs> We've seen something else pretty bad as well, but I don't. After 10,000 BC, next was horrible. Um, they stick mind. out, don't they? Really yeah. bad ones. <laughs> yes. That's why when people claim that I just say anything good about movies, no, you know what? I'm realistic. I will find the good in every movie, and when we come across one that, as I'm seeing, is absolutely it, bad all the yes. way through, despise everything um, about it. Las Vegas, that one. What happens in Vegas? Oh, God. It was painful. It for wasn't me. even funny, was it? Oh, my God. And we didn't review and that one. And some people would love that one. Some Somebody, I think, told me it was their favorite movie. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, Bolt, it's, I think it's out, it's not even out this week, I think it's next week. It's out on Blu-ray. It's actually got one of these weird uh, release dates where on a Sunday, this is like a new thing that Disney are trying out, because DVDs come out on a Tuesday. This They're bringing the 
Blu-ray slash DVD slash digital copy version out on Sunday. And then DVD release comes out on Tuesday. So mm. maybe DVD owners will purchase the Blu-ray is what they're thinking. Because they're walking through the big Mega Mart. And so if you're in Walmart next Sunday, you're going to see the Blu-ray disc of Bolt. Now, that doesn't mean if you haven't got a Blu-ray player, that's not the one for you because the DVD is also in Let's that box. Let's mention the others. Kmart, Target, Walmart, Tesco. Yeah, all, all of those. <laughs> we yeah. got to mention all... Uh, Asda? Maybe not Tesla. Is that one of them? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Probably some gas stations sell it. I don't know. But yeah, um, (laughs) the Blu-ray version as the DVD included. I want to be clear on that because I'm sure some people don't actually get that. They just see the Blu-ray thing and say, oh, I don't have that. So, But say you're thinking of a Blu-ray player soon, this would be the one And you get kids who want to watch the DVD all the time in their bedroom or in the family room. And then the digital copy. You can put the digital copy on your laptop or your kid can put it on, you know, I'm thinking, you know, this is the kind of movie that can use those features. But charging you the DVD price and giving you the three discs is the way it should be. Brilliant. Um, For an excellent movie. Nobody else, yeah, for an excellent movie. Nobody else seems to be doing that. Disney seems to have got that. Semi-good extras. Not fantastic, but the game is pretty good. Yeah, the extras are pretty... um, Press Kitty. Yeah. As, as you, you know, it's like, hey, she's great, and he's great, and woo! And yeah, they show them in the studio doing their voice acting, and they're all made up and perfect. Yeah. You know they don't And here's John Travolta come, with they, an inch thick makeup they on. They drag their ass in there in sweatpants and a ponytail. Yeah, totally. I mean, come on. John Travolta looked like he had, like, an inch of makeup on his face, I swear. Like he, he must was, be scared he, of he high definition. carved out of clay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Miley Cyrus, she doesn't need, you know, yeah, I can't stand next to her. You've got to make me look good. <laughs> So, yeah, Bolt, uh, you'll get a written review of it this week. Um, I can't recommend that one enough, e- enough it's excellent. I actually was pleasantly surprised because I don't know how I felt going into it. I felt totally neutral. Like, whatever. The credits, though. You know, well, yeah. When I said it started and then it kind of took a, like mm-hmm. a different vibe. As soon as that different vibe occurred, I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. Totally. And yeah, then so. when it went this way and that way and the other yeah, way. and then It's good. It's really good. So, um... Thank you to Disney and Miramax for this week's uh, DVDs. We recommend them both. Uh, moving on to our contest. You can see the site for details. We've got a couple of contests up there at the moment. Uh, next week's uh, review will be The Truman Show on Blu-ray disc. It's been, people have been waiting a long time for The Truman Show. have a ventilate. People have been waiting a long time for it to come out in high definition. Um, it's finally here. Uh, You're staring me straight in the eyeball. Is it 10 years old, the Truman Show? Which I think is really cute. Is it 10 years old? (laughs) Didn't it come out before before we got married? No. We've been married nine years. Oh my God. Nine years? Yeah, it probably did, actually. Oh, 1998. So, yeah, 10, 11 years. But anyway, Blu-ray, uh, we'll be looking at that. We Let's make it clear, we have already seen the film. <laughs> Many times. More than once. Uh, we've never seen it in high definition, so we will... And we both loved it. And I've not seen it for a, maybe four or five years, so it's actually... Yeah, I we think watched it, it once on purpose. We got I actually think it's about time to see it again anyway. Entirely. So um, that will be next week. Uh, games and A. Scully stuff. I always think we should make a song and put it in there. I agree. Like, games and A. Scully stuff. Yeah. There you go. There's the song. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> this week I've been playing Resident Evil 5. It's uh, Resident Evil? What's that? It's a game for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, but I've been playing the 360 version. It's Resident Evil 5. It's the latest in the Resident Evil series. The fifth? Correct. And if some... Well, it's more than fifth, actually. Mm-hmm. Because there's all kinds of spin-offs, too. But 
Um, you know, movie fans will be familiar with it from the Resident Evil movies, probably, and gaming fans will be familiar. You know, it's one of those things that's in pop culture everywhere. It splits people, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, okay, so Resident Evil 5 is essentially like Resident Evil 4, but with co-op play, and it's also... Uh, yeah, it's that's what it is. It's a new story. It takes place in Africa. The Umbrella um, chapter of the story, we have to mention there was a company called the Umbrella Corporation that were responsible for what happens in the other Resident Evil games. Well, they are no more, and it's moved on to another kind of faction, and they're a terrorist kind of group that are using... Umbrella's research for... Research in chemical warfare and whatnot that causes a certain state of humanity. Capcom would say that these are not zombies. <laughs> Enough they're said. diseased people, right? <laughs> so that makes everybody go, dead. oh, they are zombies. Well, they're not actually <laughs> dead. You know, the people in this one, oh, yeah. particularly. They're not dead people who have come back to life. They are diseased people who are Like insane. Half-Life? Half-Life aren't zombies either, are they? They've been, like, infected with something. Or, like, Doom, where they've got, like, evil spirits in them. So these guys, these these have actually been infected with a virus. Makes them, like, violent and uh. weird. Yeah. Um, so you go into Africa and, you know... Anyway, so this new version of Resident Evil, I have heard only bad things about it for the entire week. And I've been playing it through with my friend over, co-op, over Xbox Live co-op. I... My friend has never played a Resident Evil game in his life. And every time we finish playing, we've been playing it over the course of a few nights. We're about halfway through, maybe a third of the way through. Um, he said to me it's one of the best games he's played. Like, he prefers it to some of the shooting games that we play. Now, it is a shooting game, but not in a traditional sense. It's more of a thinking kind of... It's different. It's not Gears of War. You get in circumstances that you have to find a way out of. Yeah, and it's really, really tense because... Everything's working against you. You don't have many bullets in your gun. You'll, you'll have a really high-powered gun, but it'll only have five bullets and there's 20 zombies. Or there's 20 zombies and you've got no gun, just a knife. You know, it and let's stresses say, you out. Like. That's where some people level their criticisms, is that it's too hard, it's too stressful. It's hard and stressful. too many foes. It's not fun because it's too hard, which is what some people say about Grand Theft Auto. It's too hard. That's yeah, why and, it's not and I, see, I always disagree with them people because... Grand Theft Auto, I don't find it to be hard at all, and I really get enveloped in the story. Same with this one. The story's really good, and yes, they've turned it into... It isn't the Resident Evil we once knew at all. It, it really isn't. It's um, an action game. It turned from being a horror game to an action game at some point, and that wasn't overnight. People say, oh, it's, this one is an action game, all the rest aren't. No, Resident Evil 4 was actually an action game as well. Mm-hmm. It just had Resident Evil 4. Yes, it did have some of the puzzles and some of the tenser moments. This one actually dispenses with the tense moments. I haven't jumped or been scared at all. Now, people might think that's to the detriment of the game. Well, I actually don't think it is because they've taken it somewhere else. You Do you know? mean it maintains a constant sense of tension and there's not the... Yeah. Um, <gasps> there's not the quiet thing. moments and then the jumpy out parts of like zombies running at you Cause the people it's more like always stressful the people who have never played it in the oldest versions you are going down a dark dark corridor and you think you're okay and then all of a sudden 
a zombie dog or yeah. non-zombie dog. And that's the famous moment. Yeah, or you're going, 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 and as you turn the corner and your flashlight is barely lighting the room, there's a zombie right in your face. Yeah, there's none of them. Non-zombie. No, no. no I'm calling them zombies because who made up that rule? You know what I'm saying? They're, they're actually called something <laughs> weird in this Who game. decided what the zombie was? Was it, Ray, was it Ramirez or whatever his name is? It was uh, George A. Romero. Romero. Did he desi- did he make up zombies? I think he need- did. You know what? Let's get an interview with that dude. <laughs> that is a question. Because I, I love, think that would cost. love the zombie yeah, what con- a- con- uh, concept of things. And it is um, something... I read something the other day that was like, you know, like the most popular things in the 20th century. Like, like you know, pop culture things. Mm-hmm. Zombies are like in the top ten. Like zombies. That's what I'm saying. When did it, you know... Where did it come from, and did he invent it? And we have to do some to, research on yeah. that. And it, but anyway, the new Resident Evil, while they are not zombies, <laughs> they are zombies. Um, yeah, it's an action. To me, it's from what I've played so far. It's almost like a roller coaster ride. Like it's like the biggest action movie I've ever seen. You know, with like, like it starts off and you're in a village, and then you're being attacked by a ton of zombies, and then a bunch of helicopters come and start blowing stuff up. And you know, it's like a like a Michael Bay movie, like a everything's, and then you fight in a a massive monster that wears a grass skirt made out of soldiers, dead soldiers. Nice. So you can imagine how big this guy is. You're fighting him off the. You're on the back of a truck firing a machine gun at him, and it's unlimited ammo, and it's just completely fun. You know, it's instead of the instead of the brooding thing that they used to do. So now, it's multi-layered, just like Bolt. Yeah, and I actually feel I like. See, I love Resident Evil games. I always have liked them all. I played it from the PlayStation. But this one is, like, my favorite so far. And the whole thing that does it is letting you play with a friend and being in com- constant communication with them. Now, some people who don't play with friends and like to play games alone are giving this game a bad rap. And I could imagine that is probably valid because the other character is then taken over by the computer. Um, so she's like an AI character. And that's never good. Because they don't do what you expect them to do, ever. Even though you think, oh, they're acting... You know, they don't. They run into danger, and then you're like, oh, shit, if she dies, I die. And you, So I think it is better with a person. When you say it's your favorite ever, but do you... Can you honestly say that? Because the experience of playing the first Resident Evil, and then Resident Evil 2 when it came out and everything, those were unique experiences, because nothing had been like it before. This is pretty unique. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know that what you mean is this is better than them, because in the moment in time, those games. Oh, I'm not. I'm not taking anything well. away from. But you just make it sound like this one's so much better because those are old and crappy. No, you mean those were genius at at the time. I like all of those. Right. This the experience now at your age in this moment in time. This game is like, oh my god, it's but building did, a lot of satisfaction. I did say to you this week, I'd probably find it hard to go back to anything yeah. before Resident Evil Three, where they had that weird control system. Because where you turn now, and turn, turn. I'm, and step people, and turn, yeah, step that, and turn. That, well, people complain about the control system in this game because the big controversial thing, it's not really controversial because it's always been the case in Resident Evil, is you cannot move and shoot at the same time. Now, people say, oh, that's why did they do that? Because every other game you can move and shoot. Well, this isn't every other game. And the atmosphere they were trying to go for, and it works, is you. No, you're not wrestling with the controls like everybody's saying. You're actually in a situation that's like kind of hopeless, and the actual decision to not let you move and shoot makes the game harder. 
and the situation more intense. You know, I, I think if you could move and shoot, and there was fifty zombies coming at you, and I'm a good first-person shooter player, they'd all be dead. But when I can't move and shoot, and I have to reload really slowly, like you do in this game, you know, they might get on me at some point, like, and then it really gets stressful, right? So right. I feel that that is why they stuck with that. And are you playing on like medium mode? You could pick medium, three, yeah. right? I we never do easy because it's like too easy. <laughs> I'd do easy, and I'd want the zombies just to fall over dead. Like, no. automatically. They, no, these... these <laughs> Like, one zombie through the whole game who just keeps chasing me, that'd be fine. Now, these non-zombies... <laughs> non-zombie. ...in oh. this game are absolutely intelligent, too. So, say you're... There's ten zombies over there, and, and they really pile on the numbers in this game, because the 360 can do more than the older consoles. So, they can send 20 zombies after you, no problem. Like, before, it used to be, like, four at the most. But now 20 will come running at you. So you'll go running up, you'll, you'll go, oh, okay, here's a ladder. I'll get up on this roof. So you get up the ladder, you get on the roof, and then you look over the edge, and they're all there. And the ladder's there. And you can kick the ladder down. So, so I was up on the roof with my friend. We kicked the ladder down, and then started shooting them from above. Then the next thing we know, we heard something behind us. We look on the other side of the uh, thing, on the other side of the roof, and... We'd also knock the ladder down there. We looked down. The zombies were putting the ladder back up and climbing up it. Because we've been trained to think, brainwashed, <laughs> yeah, the zombie don't. conspiracy. That Because like when we watched that Big Brother zombie thing from the UK yeah. recently. And I said... Dead set. If, if, uh, yeah. If zombies know if a dead person come back to life in this zombie world that has been created, can like... Uh, Find the mall as they have in movies, and find this movie, this TV studio, and they know, you know, like whatever. How come they don't know how to climb up a fence like yeah. everybody else? Like, so I, that's a question. And then when you said, "Oh, they can climb," I'm like, "Well, yeah." So these guys actually not only can climb; they put the ladder up there. Them, they put it back because they're just diseased people. Yeah, and their brains are kind of ate up, or but they're they're still instinctual kind of thing. Yeah, these ones actually, and oh yeah, they are eating people too. I'm saying I'm not seeing I've not seen evidence of them eating people, but yeah, I've seen one feasting on a corpse. So yeah, well, there we go. So that happens too. Those non-zombies eating a corpse. Come on. But anyway, we're like a third of the way through. I've absolutely had a blast. In fact, like we've been. There was one day there where I was like absolutely excited to for it to be nine o'clock so we could both play. Aww. And then we played for like three hours, and we only thought we were playing for twenty minutes. You know, it was it's it's good and. Um, I can't recommend it enough, even though all the haters are hating it this week. What are you pointing at? The other thing is, um, this week, is Trivial Pursuit for the 360. Now, you haven't played it yet. We're going to play it. We might have a game later tonight together. Um, I've played the single-player game just to have a little gist of it. It's by EA. It's actually um, Trivial Pursuit on the board game. Did you ever like that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool game, isn't it? Because yep, everybody can it. answer some questions and move the thing around. On the on the 360, it's actually really well handled. You know, it's very easy. You press a button to roll the dice. The thing goes where you point it to go. And then you answer a question. And then you win a wedge or you don't win a wedge. And you, you know, get some achievements. Excellent. So it's not all, like, jazzied up. Because I just wanted to be trivially pursued. There's a, there's a guy who is a commentator over the thing. But he doesn't read the questions. The questions are just... They come up on a board. You choose, like, one of the four answers. You know, A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. He'll say something like, here's your next question for geography. But, you know, it's not flashy up. It, and it's really simple. You point at the... You, you roll the dice, and then say you get a six. Well, 
it shows you where you can move right. the thing, and you just move it to one of the ones instead of having to. So it's like, and it's, oh, I'm gonna win! And it's very, very fast to play. Like you can play a game really quick if you, you know, it's you don't have to keep waiting. Like you know, some games where it's like, but see, it, see wait, it's got wait. a little bit of yeah, lag. a bit of a lag. No, this doesn't. It goes really fast. Um, it's so it's Trivial Pursuit. Only problem is it's it's $60. I don't think it's a, a board game should ever be $60. Even if it is a computerized version, it seems a lot of money. Because you could probably buy Trivial Pursuit for like 10 right? You could have bought half your chair for that game. <laughs> yes. Um, and the other thing, this week we watched a, another movie called Eden Lake. It's been a bit <gasps> we of a movie did, week. We did, yeah. Um, this is a British... I wouldn't say it was a horror movie. I'd say it was a suspense movie, maybe? It's not exactly horror. But there again, it could be classed as horror. It's got some horrific things, but it's not a. It's not that kind of horror movie. No, it's released in the States under a horror label called Dimension Extreme. They, they um, as a DVD, they, it's Dimension. But they do this label called Dimension Extreme where they import different horror mm. movies from different places, like Germany, and the, this is a British one, happens to be. Um... I really liked it a lot. It's, it's you know... It's not enjoyable. No, it's really stressful. Like. <laughs> very stressful. It's intensely stressful. It's very and- stressful, and it's also very... It's not far-fetched. No, no, and like you... Like, just what we were saying about um, Happy Go Lucky, in a weird way, the... The sort of the dark side of humanity and what we see and what we, what people put out there and then the sort of like, it's a little heavy-handed. Oh yeah, it is in moral its way. Tale but I think it has to be to like, get it. The world's going to hell in a handbasket, and it's starting with the youth, and it's because of parents. Well, it's an interesting thing because England is ha- actually having a problem with something called the hoodie generation, which is out of control youths who just. Do whatever. Do what they want, and they feel that they're above the law. And this movie kind of takes that sensationalism type. And taps into why it's happening, because of asshole parents. Yeah, exactly. Which we all know is the case. And that part might be heavy-handed, but I feel watching the movie, and some of the stuff that happens is not good, is actually all plausible. You know, because... And extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) you know, what I was saying to you was, like, when I do watch some movies... Like people, you know, like Friday the 13th or whatever. You know, we've seen it before, like a mad dude chasing people around. This isn't exactly that. It's a twist on that. And it really stays with you, I think, because I still remember it. Yeah, it's called Eden Lake. Yeah, Eden Lake. um, And it's Dimension Extreme. It came out very recently. You'll be able to get a copy in America. Um, Don't let your children watch it. Oh, no, no. It's it's really It's got some gruesomeness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Eden Lake. Uh, so we, a lot of recommendations for you this week. Yeah. Um, and the other game, which is not out yet, but will be coming out this Tuesday, I will be picking up a copy, is uh, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars for the DS. Anything with the Grand Theft Auto name <laughs> on, I will buy it. You if are a sucker. It's Grand Theft Auto Cornflakes, I will buy those. Uh, this is the <laughs> DS, a brand new Grand Theft Auto for the DS, built. Um, it's in the vein of the old school Grand Theft Autos, which for all you people who never played those were like top-down games, not the 3D. It only went into 3D when Grand Theft Auto 3 came about. All the ones before that were this top-down but Bird's Eye View. This is Bird's Eye View but also 3D. It's kind of a side, what do you call it? Isometric perspective. 
I just thought of something. You know, uh, we listened to the Smodcast, and Kevin Smith, in the opening, they have a sponsor who makes the Brondo. So it's called Brondo Beverage. Sex Panther. In the Sex Panther. Like, products that have been in movies, and then they've made into real products. Grand Theft Auto, as a game, when you listen to the radio and some of the weird products, they talk, that's a perfect thing. If they would it, make some of those products. Actually. Yeah, I just thought of that. Because there's all kinds. There's Pisswasser beer. <laughs> the German beer called Do condoms that are really bizarre? Because it would be so funny to there's have all kinds Grand Theft Auto condoms. In fact, that's one of the things I like about Grand Theft Auto. They build, like, a whole... When you're in Liberty City, the radio, the commercials, the billboards you look at, everything's cohesive because it's all... And even when you play in, like, you know, any of them, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It's like taking a piss out of how you get marketed so many crazy things. And it's got talk radio shows with people who sound like real people, but their views are really bizarre. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's so that's so realistic, but with a twist. Like. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be but good. Yeah, and this um, company, I think it's OCP Corporation or something. I can't remember. But I was just thinking but I anyway, that game has some that they can What play. is available now and it's cool for me is Brian Fantana's Aftershave Sex Panther from <laughs> Anchorman. You can actually buy some Sex Panther. And it's what? It's um works It works all the time, sixty percent of the time. Yeah. Sixty percent of the time it works all the time. Oh, every time. <laughs> but anyway, you can get some of that. I don't know how it smells, it probably smells like piss. What'd she say? It smells like a diaper full of Indian food. Yeah. everybody gives him shit. Um so yeah. Uh, so we're up to your part of the show. We'll, I'll talk about GTA Chinatown Wars DS next week when I've dug into it. Yeah. I'll be brief. Uh, what's for dinner? We're having a pizza with a different kind of crust, not the bobbly. It's going to have roast vegetables, mushrooms, onions, and some nice cheese on there. And I'm going to... And then that's it. And <laughs> that just sounds really good. And the, the vegetables are roasting right now. So I'm actually pretty hungry at this point. We, we, just let's mention this. We just sat and watched... Two full movies and a, a boatload of extras. And so, had a 30-minute marital discussion. How long were we downstairs for? That everybody loves. A long time. <laughs> probably like one, two, three, probably over five hours. And we didn't eat during that period. Mm, so my stomach is rumbling now. Well, you had toast. I had a bagel. And then now it's going to be time for dinner. And that's what we're going to have for dinner. And I might make some rice. I'm thinking that sounds good. Or some spaghetti with cheese sauce. I don't know. I'm really hungry. So that's not a good thing. And we'll probably be watching um, Celebrity Apprentice Go Tom Green. (laughs) Is that the subtitle? Mm -hmm. And I'm also saying that I've got another um, potentially... Someone has a tattoo. She heard about me doing the other tattoo. She wants to add to it. So this is a whole other experience again. So I'm going to try. It's a little bit different because it, it's established for what it is. You know, it's just got like a Hawaiian kind of flower and then a cross for what, you know, everyone has their own thing. And the style is a certain way and the lines are a certain type and a certain, you know, and mine are very specific. My The way I draw and the way that I did the first, the only tattoo I've ever drawn. And all my drawings are very similar in the style. So this is a challenge. So I'm I'm looking forward to that, and I'll be posting more about it on my website later as I do it. If she decides to let me, you know, if she takes my design and gets it, it's on her back of her shoulder, this one, so I can kind of spread it out, and we'll see how that goes. So that's exciting. I also went last night on Adia, Adiagio? Adagio. Adagio, T, the website where it's you can Adagio. customize com. your own mix. A-D-A-G-I-O dot com. Right, and... It's a lot of fun. Like I mean, I was looking through all the different blends, and I, I'm not a massive tea drinker. We drink the standard, and I have some ginger tea, and I have some cinnamon tea. 
I really enjoy it, I can it, honestly though. say I do drink tea every day. I could get into different flavors all the time and drink that. Because I used to drink a lot of coffee. So now I find I drink two or three cups of tea. Like, I'll drink our morning tea, just the standard PG tips. And then at work... I'll PG tips is anything but standard, though, really. It's important. I mean, here. We have oh, to pay why? extra no, no. for it. I'm just saying, that's a main brand and people drink yeah. it every day. There's no... It black is tea. what it is. Yeah, black tea. So on this site, you can com- customize and make your own blend and put your own little label on it. It's not 100% super cheap or anything like that. Is it that, like the Cafe Press to... of tea? Yeah, sounds like That's it. what I feel. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we haven't tried we it yet. We haven't ordered any. I'm going to get some samplers and stuff. And the reason we got brought around to it was on Revision 3. Kevin and Alex on... Um, Dignation. Dignation. Talk about it. They have their own blends and stuff. And I just thought, because I like trying new things, partic- that's why I was drawn to it. And then last night I probably spent an hour... Looking up, and then I started researching other things like, oh, what is that type of tea? I don't know what Rudio or Raggio or whatever it is. So that's kind of fun. And you can go make your own blend and order it and put your own picture on the side. And this week we discovered. We a discovered new food. Yeah, a brand new food. <laughs> brand new food that nobody's ever tasted. <laughs> Maybe people have never heard of it. And that's hummus. <laughs> no, anyway, my whole life, I, I tried hummus when I was probably, I'd say, 12. And when you're 12, trying stuff, it's usually, you usually turn your nose up at it, don't you? If it's anything away mm. from chocolate and cornflakes. Yeah, but you liked liver and kidneys when I you did. were a kid. I did. Anyway, <laughs> I tried hummus at that point, juncture in my life. And I think I remember spitting it out. It might have been a particularly bad hummus. Anyway, later on in life, probably 22 or so, I was in the supermarket. And I thought to myself, well, I didn't like hummus when I was a kid, but I probably like it now. Got it. Hated it. A couple of weeks ago, I said to you... Just a few days ago. Well, no, it was a couple of weeks ago. I said to you, I think it's time for me to try hummus again because I saw somebody eating it on a TV show and they said it was delicious. It was on Food Network. And it looks good, but every time I've tasted it, I've hated it. So we got some dill and cucumber hummus. It was delicious. I ate the whole tub within a day. Okay. <laughs> so then you got some more hummus this weekend, which was red pepper uh, gluten-free red pepper hummus. All natural, too. No. Be- to me, it tastes better than the dill and cucumber one. The first one had the high fructose corn syrup, which, of course, which isn't, it's not going to kill us or anything. <clears throat> but, you know, why add sugar if you don't have to? Exactly. So we got the natural one, and I think that tastes better than the one with other stuff in it. And now we have um, the 40 spice one to get to as well. Um, so I know everybody in the world's already had hummus. And of it's, course. And it's fine. <laughs> but if you did eat it once upon a time like I did... And decided you didn't like it and have never tried it up to, you know, go and get some. You might be surprised. Because I actually really like it. And you ate it on... Ritz, Ritz crackers. Um, crisp. The Airy Crisp. Yeah, the Ritz Crisps. I had it on... I went and toasted some... Um, I wrote a little thing on my website about it where I broke some flatbread, stuck it down in a toaster at work and toasted it and then spread the roasted red pepper one on there. Seriously. It's an amazing, filling, satisfying thing. Yeah. And I, I am a junk th- food. I love junk food. I could eat a bag of greasy potato chips and a tub of cream cheese with onion in it every day. Well, I actually thought it could be actually a nice spread on a sandwich, too. Oh, I entirely... Just a normal sandwich. Yeah, I entirely agree. Yeah. Um, and I also had some on a tortilla chip, and that was absolutely fine, too. <laughs> so I think it works on anything, so... And we know we're behind the curve here. 
Hey, we, we know everybody. But for me, it's a brand new thing. Like like nachos was a brand new thing for me three weeks ago, or four weeks ago. You're like nachos. One of my what's friends. This? One of my what's friends said. Food? One of my friends uh, listened to our podcast and said he was laughing his head off because uh, I said that I've never tried nachos because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> it's really fun. But anyway. Uh, hummus. It's the it's the food of the gods. Yeah, it's the new brand new thing. So thank you for listening to after the show number sixty one. Uh, we've got some websites, ascully dot com and sidtar dot com. Sidtar dot com is undergoing some kind of redesign, I believe. Um, I think I'm. I think I've leveled off. I, I wanted to streamline it. It's just white. It's just all my content is still there, and my site is just me writing stuff and posting lots of pictures, things I draw, pictures I take observations I make, etc. So, and there's a few movie reviews on there about a long time ago that aren't on ascully.com that we haven't done a podcast about. Just old ones. Pretty simple. I was tempted to delete some because you're like, oh my god, I sound like an asshole. But whatever. You know, it's out there. It's out there for the world to see. So I think I've, I think I've, hmm, we'll see. Once I start rearranging the furniture, as I say, I get a little carried away. But so I the- pulled back. Um, it's WordPress, so there's not a whole lot I can do with it. It's just the overall. I am. Um, I wanted. To- I disagree with that. I think you can do anything you want with WordPress. When I look into like, I mean, I use WordPress for aschoolie.com as well. And when I look into it, if something, if there's something that you're thinking of doing to your site, somebody already did it and made it and made something, made I a theme mean, or like, a plugin. I guess the themes and everything, it's a very um, standard. You've got the body <clears throat> and the side thing. That can all be switched too, right? Not just switched. I'm talking, you know. I actually like it because it's very functional. I used very to functional. I used to use PHP Nuke before WordPress, and while PHP Nuke was kind of cool and it did what I wanted to do it was the most insecure piece of crap you got hacked several times I had lots of hack attempts nobody but it was not good it was yeah I always felt like it was wide open and people were just going to go in and delete everything you know and it is what it is it's a data management system that's it SQL slash Perl you put in articles and that's why I like even even though it is the big like sometimes I'll write a big long thing that you need to scroll and read and sometimes I post five pictures so I've seen some sites that are just the little you know rectangle right in the middle of your screen there's there's nothing else to it they don't have long articles and it's all really well contained and that'd be great because it looks tidy but that's not good enough because sometimes I'll write a big long thing and I I need the scrolling and the sides and everything so I've kind of come to accept that but I kind of streamlined the look it's pretty white and plain and you know the content is what matters but anyway um <laughs> also twi- you thank can, you for mentioning that you can also follow us on twitter.com so that'd be twitter.com slash ascoli or twitter.com slash sit talk and we also i update that pretty much every day and uh, i might tell you that i went for a poo or i might tell you that i just played a cool game or i might give you a link to something really cool yeah Ours um, aren't. Ours are very in, unpredictable. In fact, this time, in fact, this week, I gave away a PS3 game on my Twitter account. Oh yeah, what happened with that? I gave it away. Uh, somebody <laughs> emailed me, and I sent them the code. Um, so I, often, I mean, that's not the first time. I might have something. So if you follow me, you never know what you could win. Um, and also, you can find this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace. I'm going to put the Zoom Marketplace first because I favor the Zoom. So, Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes music store, <laughs> as well. I like that face you're making there. Kind of like this. So, if you've got one of like those... Like, you I- feel dirty just Like, if you've got one of them it. iPhone things, you can be on the iTunes music store and get it. 
Um, and we've got an RSS feed. Go to com, click podcast, listen to all 61 episodes in a row, you know, and then report back to me next week and tell me what <laughs> yeah. you tell me what you heard. <laughs> they get longer and longer and longer. And you can also email feedback to aschoolyacecoolie.com and you also cannot email feedback to sidtalkersidtalk.com. Very nice. Um, And I just want to say stay classy and happy-go-lucky all at the same time. Very nice. And I want to say think for yourself and don't let the world think for you or tell you how to be because they're all full of shit.